1: Of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radulf Buntwine, coming January second, wherever podcasts are available.
2: Welcome back to Trend Nightly. Today we're doing a bonus episode. This is with one of Tiffany and I's favorite creators. I think, Mom Uncharted. Sarah, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thanks for having me and thank you for that lovely compliment. I love being top of the list. Oh, yeah. No, uh, you're doing something that I think is so important. And we've discussed you before on the show. I forget exactly what episode. Tiff, do you remember? Do you know what? It
1: feels like we've actually, uh, we've had a few stories in which usually we go back to Sarah's TikTok <laughs> to refer yeah. to. I it's do like, know one on.
3: specifically that I had listened to um that you guys touched on me but hey i
2: appreciate that hey if i'm if i'm a trending topic that's good for me that's good for me well our show also focuses on things that we think should be trending and Mm -hmm. or things that little communities that we're sort of picking up on and you cover stuff about child exploitation online more specifically what like Stories that people might not know about, things, facets where parents are exploiting their kids online that people might not know about, but also just generally the dangers of posting your kids online. And what drove you to focus on that?
3: Um, so, I think I became a mom in like late 2017. And, um, you know, I did the quintessential, you know, post the announcement, you know, he's here. And over the course of the year, I maybe like posted, I don't know, three or four images over on Instagram, but it just never felt right. Like, I felt like I was doing it because it was expected of me, because I was expected to kind of like show my baby and things. And, I just it just never felt right. And I felt kind of strange, because uh, in scrolling, I felt like I was the only one who was like, is this weird, guys? Is this weird that all of us are putting our babies online and talking so intimately about their um, lives and their health and things. And then as we move forward, and you know, we entered this pandemic, and more people were on their phone, and I'm a mom, also had a pandemic baby so really on my phone trying to connect with humans it just became apparent that like things were getting weird like things were getting a little worrisome with the amount of videos and images and narratives parents were sharing about their kids and i just started to feel really alone in my thoughts and one day picked up the you know my phone downloaded tiktok and said like i'm going to say something and see what happens
2: did you have like an aha moment? Like I know it sort of like accumulates over time these like observations and thoughts, but did you have a like a video or something you read that you were like, okay, this is this is a problem?
3: Honestly, not so much. Like I just started the people I was following, and I was following, uh, you know, we've I've been online for a decade, kind of in the uh, influencer mommy world. Uh, following these women who kind of like became moms as I was following them and stuff like that. And I just started to kind of feel uncomfortable with the amount of information they were sharing with me, the stranger, right? Like I just started feeling like, oh, I don't know if I should be seeing like what you're eating for breakfast and wearing to school and the way you walk to school and what just happened at your doctor's appointment and where you're going this weekend. I just started to overall feel uncomfortable with the amount parents were sharing and I think the big catalyst was uh, my husband just saying like I I can't talk to you about this anymore like you need to find (laughs) you need to find an outlet like you're clearly interested this is fascinating for you Um, I appreciate your passion but I don't know what you want me to say (laughs) like you have to find other people to talk to about this so that was kind of like my okay Okay, give my hobby a break and find some people that I can talk to about this stuff and see if I'm alone or if people are with me.
2: Yeah, well, thank God you did because I think you're doing really important work and I think that you also do a really gracious job of explaining all the sort of straw man arguments why they don't hold up because let's let's face it. It's like a cliché and it, it always has been even before social media that moms love to brag about their children they're so proud of their kids and why wouldn't why wouldn't they be i always am the first to say that like i know that i would have the most perfect child on the planet and i would want to post them all over the internet you know or at least yeah. share is share photos and share moments and cuz that's that's what you want to do and that's the way that we share mostly now i it's interesting you say 2017 is when around the time like you started noticing things being a little bit more, um, people being less careful to an Mm -hmm. extent that just the basic internet rules that we've all always known, which is like, don't say your school, don't show pictures outside of your house. These were ways that people and especially like women just took care of themselves and had their privacy online. And I wonder if that was because Instagram was the end all be all at that moment. Yeah,
3: it could have been like, that's definitely where I was and where I came from, right? Like, I before I downloaded TikTok and uh, hopped on, I'd never like seen TikTok. I had just seen that everyone was resharing things on Instagram from TikTok. So I was like, Oh, maybe if I actually wanted to say something, I should go over to that platform, because everyone's just kind of repurposing their content over here. Right? But it was. it's really evident in the Instagram world that the mummy, you know, bloggers have taken over that realm. and it's really prevalent over there, the amount of oversharing and the amount of uh, child exploitation. I think it's um you know, the worst there. Oh, maybe
2: YouTube's pretty bad, too. It's really tough. It's all bad, I think Instagram is a little bit more mm, they're not as cautious about it. Like, So allegedly you can't have an account as a minor on there, but we know that's not true. Plenty of- Oh,
3: the loophole, the bane of my existence, that loophole.
2: Yes, exactly. The loophole where if you have a parent run account, you can literally be a verified infant.
3: Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild to say that you care about minor safety and then allow things like that to happen. And especially with what I've seen happening over on some of those accounts. It's, yeah, in just today, I've been having this thought that like, what is the benefit for the child specifically, when an influencer, celebrity, regular person makes an account specifically for their baby in their baby's name, and proceeds to share photos, videos, narratives, how is the child benefiting?
2: Well, I think a lot of people would say money
3: right? Well, that's how the parent is benefiting. But specifically, like as a parent, you do everything for your children, right? And for your best interest of your children. And so when you think about why they're doing this, like I I struggle to see any benefit for the child specifically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to figure out how they're justifying it, they're saying that maybe they didn't have the best life when they were a kid. I always do wonder that, by the way, the, um, statistics on how many of these people who now exploit their kids online either grew up with a comfortable life that they want to continue to have in their adult years, even though they're a parent and it's hard to, you know, work and earn an amazing living and be super hands-on with your kids. That's something that's just, you know, that's a struggle for so many people. Oh, definitely. or if there are people that want to give their children a life that they couldn't have when they were a kid and that they maybe always wanted cuz some people never get over being not get over but some people never <laughs> recover from the trauma of being poor as a kid of course
3: of course and like i i recognize that to a certain extent but i have seen large creators build platforms without the complete exploitation of their children, right? Like there's a difference in my opinion, um, in using your kids as content, meaning you will not have a platform without your children versus influencers who occasionally have a video of their kids, but their platform is based on them. Right. I, I feel that those are two very different types of creators and very two different types of content.
1: Right. And parenting as well is, I mean, there was certainly, I remember there was a big influx of just the blogger, you know, sort of the blogger.com era of parenting blogs. And it felt to me that that wasn't about children as content. That was more about a lot of women who had mostly been in the workforce, who are very educated who suddenly found themselves at home and were experiencing something for the very first time and were actually feeling a little lonely being mm-hmm. able to find other parents in and communities to, um, to figure some stuff out with, you know? And which is why like Mumsnet kind of popped off around about the same time. And, um, you know, if you had a child that maybe had additional needs and you talked about that in sort of closed circles, then it was a place of finding community and um and reaching out but it seems to have like evolved and morphed beyond parents sharing their experiences with other parents to kind of feel less alone and unlock some of these kind of navigate some of these more trickier elements of parenting and now it just seems like the only content I really see is very child focused
3: yeah no, I I completely agree with you Tiffany and I think that's very Well said. It used to be different. It didn't used to feel this way, right? Back, you know, when I said in 2017, at the beginning, I didn't feel this way. Like, I I followed these people. It didn't feel like this mass exploitation that is happening now. It didn't feel like I was learning too much about kids and stuff. And slowly and steadily, it just started to feel very uncomfy and like a little bizarre and worrisome for these kids who are growing up this way for so many reasons. It's not just one single reason. There are so many different things you can discuss when you're talking about these topics.
2: Well, wait, I. this is a little theory that just came to mind when I was uh, listening to you guys. Do you think because let's say let's be real mommy blogging like you had to be able to construct a few sentences you had to be able to create a a picture that felt relatable for people to keep returning back to your blog and you know there was a handful of people that got book deals and sort of took it to the next level but most people were doing it more as a hobby and as influencing has become more and more of a real possibility in terms of chasing that and making a really great living do you think that a lot of this could be because truthfully so many people are boring. They don't have an and they don't have an X factor. Like mm-hmm. potentially the most interesting thing about them is the fact that they have a child. And if they can focus on that, it's it's not gonna highlight that they on their own aren't anything special.
3: Yeah, yeah like yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I completely get. What you're saying, like are that's what I say about kids as content. Like you're using your kids as your content because like maybe you and yourself don't feel like you have a lot to offer. Right. 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 I, yeah. yeah. As an as a parent, as an individual, whatever it may be. Um I as a mother and a parent, I follow other parents because I connect with them. I connect with that mother. I connect with that father. I connect with that parent, however they identify, right? I'm not connecting with other people because of their kids. Like I will grin and bear it through a play date for my child with a parent (laughs) that I don't connect with. I'll do that for my child. But when it comes to online things, I personally, I'm not looking at your kid. I want to know what you, what you are. What are you about? Tell me, tell me who you are, how you parent, what I can learn from you. Tell me what works for you and your family. It's a, it's a parent to parent thing. Like parents shouldn't be connecting with other people's children. Yeah. Adults shouldn't be looking at other people's children. Like there was a commenter today who said something like, oh, well, you know, I follow these kids and, you know, they make me smile. And, you know, I'm learning a lot from them. And I'm like, it's not that kid's job to make you fucking smile. Mm. It's not that kid's job to teach you anything. It's not a child's job to teach strangers anything, how to parent, whatever it may be, right? Like, but we've concocted all these bizarre notions now where this is like normal
2: right? Yeah, like get a reborn doll like everyone else, you know? Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't, it's not the child's job to make you smile or, you know, make you
3: happier things. That's weird. That's weird. You are not, you're just a stranger to that person. You're a stranger. And yeah. yet you were looking forward to seeing them. So they make you smile. Like, I can't help but laugh because it just sounds so bizarre to me sometimes.
2: I'm yeah, not going to lie. Yeah. There was like, oh, sorry, Tip, I was just going to say there was like one or two little girls that I remember just being like that, thinking they were like the cutest thing in the world. But quickly, I was like, I can't watch this because I think they're the cutest thing in the world. Like, I just, I want to protect them from even me. Like, I don't yeah. think that people should be seeing that.
3: And there's no argument. Kids are cute. Like, kids are cute. Like, kids are wonderful. And, like, I think, personally, my kids are the cutest. I think they are the smartest (laughs) and the funniest and the best. And I think everyone would feel a lot of, would smile if they saw them too, right? But that's not what I want for my children. I want them to be able to go on social media eventually and present whoever they want to the world right mm-hmm. i had that choice i si- i remember i signed up for facebook when i was 21 years old a technical adult and trust me there is a lot of regrets on that Facebook, if I scroll back, I'm sure, right? But I was an adult. I was, I didn't have to deal with this as a kid, as a teenager or anything. And they'll jump online, obviously, a lot earlier, but there won't be this digital footprint or trail that I have left for them that they have to deal with in school and sort out and follow along with whoever they want to
2: be. Exactly. Exactly. exactly
1: yeah it's like there are certain um there are certain accounts that I've known of where even friends of mine have had say they've had kids and they've set up maybe a separate Instagram for the kids that's kind of like a friends and family thing um so it's like oh they almost have their own separate identity and even that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I feel like, well, first of all, I'm like, should I follow this? I don't really care about that kid. Not enough mm-hmm. to follow it, but um, but also it's kind of like, oh, how bizarre that at one point in this child's life there will be a digital fingerprint of some, you yep. know, of something that their parents are probably with the sweetest, best intentions at some point. Um, that's kind of gone of, you know, it's just sat there, and just find that odd. It sort of skeeves me out a little bit.
3: Hey, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't, you know, I've had, I've had personal friends do that with some kids, and I don't follow those accounts or anything. Because personally, usually the people who are creating accounts like that are already pretty present on their own social media.
2: Like, right, yes. Why,
3: why do they even need their kids to have their own social media when their social media is covered in their kids, right? <laughs> and then another aspect, and not necessarily with my, like, personal friends or anything, like not only are these parents creating these like kid uh, social media accounts, but then they're like talking like they're the kid, like in their point of view right? <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. and like wishing themselves like happy mother's day and commenting on other kids things. And like, I think that that is very strange that parents are choosing to use their time in this fashion is <laughs> it's it's strange it's well,
1: strange
3: I think those parents
1: have loads of t- extra time on their hands though you right it's got loads
3: <laughs> oh my gosh the things I've seen in these like kid influencer accounts and
2: stuff like that is just bizarre well I want yeah I also want to say about those private accounts that you don't know every you don't know what your friends and family <laughs> necessarily are always like, like God would hope that there's no one creepy in your inner circle, but you made a video saying like, if a parent could take their kids to a park and they knew that there was going to be a bench full of predators there and the predators wouldn't get up and interact with the kids, but they would be there observing, would you still take your kids to that park? And I thought that was such a great clean, simple analogy for the people that sometimes are struggling to get this. I really appreciate that because I filmed that on a whim. Like I was
3: getting ready for the day and it just came to me and I sat on it because you're always worried when you throw out an analogy, like, is it going to land is, you know, and it's social media. So I was really uh, happy to see the feedback that people got it.
2: Good. Well, I want to, you've just had some really interesting discoveries and have been a really active reporter of certain things that you've found online, which I really appreciate. And before we wrap up, I definitely would love to like get some links or resources from you on how people can report this kind of behavior when they see it themselves. But Um, uh, the Patreon thing and the photo sets is really fascinating to me. And I would love if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah. So, um,
3: the Patreon thing came about because a follower had asked me to go to Instagram and check out a specific account. And when I went, it was clearly a very concerning account. Um, a young girl, um, in very like provocative, Clothes and and it's not just the clothes; it's the poses, right? It's the captions; it's all of the things. And she looked to be maybe like thirteen years old. And I just clicked in the little link tree, and it took me to um, a Patreon where you could, um, you know, be a monthly member of more pictures of this young girl. And it was really jarring and shocking that this was allowed. And so I started looking more at the Instagram accounts and some of the comments that people were uh, discussing the Patreon account. And it became very clear that like, this is not okay. (laughs) This isn't okay. And so I just, I just shared what I found and, you know, posed the question, how is this okay? And um, I've gone back and forth with them a little bit. Um, Michael from uh, Tizzy and Entertainment over on TikTok, he recently yeah. was discussing it as well. And I have not heard anything as of late in regard to Patreon. The Instagram account's still up, the Patreon is still up, and that's where it stands.
2: And you've messaged some of these parents, right? And sort of asked them what's going on?
3: Um, in regard to like other accounts, not this account. I've never messaged this one. This doesn't, it doesn't feel like a parent's running this account to me. It doesn't, oh, the Patreon okay. one doesn't feel like a parent ran account. It hasn't been until recently that they edited the little bio and said like ran by mom. It didn't used to say that. So my gut tells me it's not. I, I don't know. My gut tells me it's not a parent with that one.
2: Like another relative or is the child in a more. Uh, I don't know. I don't
3: know. It's really hard to uh, say. It just doesn't give me that gut feeling. This is a parent. It makes me feel like it's another adult. But then again, I'm seeing what parents are doing and <laughs> it's, 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 it's relatively unbelievable what parents are doing like selling images of your young children online to strangers like to me that's unfathomable I I can't believe this is a thing and it's legal and many people are doing it
1: there's no earthly reason there's no um I can't think of a reason to do that
0: are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back That's not just any egg cream. That's a Lemke special, and all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dallowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's king of the egg cream. So, if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream. Available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: No, there, the, there's that no has any connection to anything moral. I'm st- I struggle.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's legal what they are doing but it is morally and ethically wrong. And I don't know how a parent can do that to their own child. Imagine these children growing up and finding out that your parents were selling pictures of you in bikinis to strangers online for profit.
2: It's unbelievable. And it does seem like some kids are slightly aware because I remember seeing a video on your page where a child was boxing up a old bathing suit of theirs and mailing it to some guy named Bob. And it was the child's hands packaging it up. And that is, I would love to know what any of these parents would ever say is an excuse for selling their child's bathing suits to an old man, probably.
3: Yeah, that one, that's, that's definitely one of the more disturbing ones I've come across. And then after, you know, sometimes I'll do I'll find something and then I'll go back and check a few weeks later. And after I uh, did that video, I went and checked and they have added a monthly membership to that private website where you get whatever special access exclusive photos and then there's another tier called like a ticklish member where it looks like maybe you get feet photos but like this child is under the age of like 15 um and is clearly the the She isn't selling these swimsuits alone. This isn't her thing that she's concocted. This is a whole family-run business, it feels like. right?
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. And, I mean, it's always been... I mean, we knew even through Hollywood before the internet that there's always parents who are willing to compromise their children in order to... Oh,
3: 100%. There's that book coming out by that child star. I think her name's like Jeanette McCurdy or something. Uh Uh-huh. And I think the title of the book is something like, um, I'm glad my mother died, or something. And she talks about how she was a child star, essentially being exploited by her mother. I think that could be a real um, eye-opener for a lot of people.
2: I am really looking forward to reading that book. Um, I want to ask you really quickly about some of like the hiding in plain sight that goes on similarly with some of this fetish stuff. Um, There's um, a mom. I don't want to like say any of these children's names because ultimately the children are the face of these accounts who um, she's getting snarked on, on Reddit right now a lot. But um, one of the things that she was um, that was pointed out was that she would often have like her kids toes or her kids with like a wide open mouth posted or something else that's going to draw in views I know also you've mentioned how bath time photos are just um I mean they're like the number one thing safety experts and
3: law enforcement say don't share like you type in what not to share like that's basically the number one or in the top three of the list every time yet it feels like every day you're seeing a kid in a bath
2: What success have you had in reporting this to TikTok? Um, mm -hmm. Uh, TikTok isn't the greatest in
3: regard to... um, I don't know if you saw my recent video. uh, It was uh, my friend Sierra who talks about these things on the platform as well. She recently got banned for three days because she stitched a video of a naked baby in the sink She, in her stitched video, covered the baby completely, and she was banned for three days for minor safety, while the original video of the naked baby remains up and has almost 7 million views. Wow. So we often feel like we don't get a lot of support in, like, the reporting process. No.
2: And, like, situations
3: like that just kind of prove our point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah for, for sure. I have, um, I have had I, a I lot of I success. Oh, God. Sorry, I just wanted to say I have had a lot of success on TikTok with reporting accounts of underaged individuals. They have been good at taking those accounts down because a lot of the time when I talk about things, Kids, like young kids and teens will get mad and like comment something. And so I'll check them out and they're clearly nine years old. And TikTok is pretty good at removing those accounts. Mm-hmm. Accounts of children under the age of 13. But in regard to like the minor safety and the nakedness and some of the things you're seeing, it's, it's not a great reporting process over there.
2: I... Know that like the main piece of, I would say, uh, feedback that that people have always said about any sort of child that maybe is dressed maturely or uh, posting a photo of your uh, child at the beach or whatever has always been, you know, you're sexualizing the minor. You're like, you're the one with the problem because it's actually, it's just a kid in a bathing suit. And it feels like that that thought hasn't gone away. Well, you would think by now it sort of has. Has there been any? Have there been any arguments that people have had in supporting this content that have surprised you? Um, you know, you do get comments like that, like,
3: "Oh, well, you're you're the one sexualizing these kids," and it's like. <laughs> bringing attention to the fact that they are being sexualized is not sexualizing them. Warning people, warning parents that this is happening is not the same as sexualizing a child like I I'm a woman, I identify as a woman. I grew up as a young girl. I went through my teen years. I know how hard it is to navigate all of that and um, the eyes that are watching you and things like that and it just is so silly that people get defensive of that. Like, hello, it's 2022. We know that these children are being sexualized. And for a lot of these accounts of these kid influencers and stuff like that, it's not just the outfit. I don't have a problem with a kid and on a beach in a bathing suit and doing kid things and stuff like that. But the way they're dressing them to be like influencers you know like young adult women influencers and it's more the poses the captions the content as a whole versus one image if that makes sense it's all very
2: like fed to the male gaze yeah, yeah.
3: You know, like it's, and that's in one of my original videos that went uh, viral. It was my, my thought was, who is this intended for? Because other toddlers aren't scrolling Instagram looking for outfit inspiration, right? <laughs> like, Hopefully so you have, not. You have to be, I think people need to stop and think a little more critically about all these things. And I know that can be very difficult for a lot of people. But we have just let it roll into this bizarre world of normal. And we need to stop and pause now and really reflect and critically think about this. Because I do worry that a whole generation of kids is going to grow up with some big problems. We already know the teens right now are suffering greatly. Physically, mentally, their well-being is suffering greatly because of social media. We we know that for a fact. The Facebook files showed us that in the fall. So why are we so um, willing to put our little kids online when we know currently how it's affecting the teens, right?
1: Right. And even beyond the sort of the sort of predatory nature of some of the people consuming the content. There is just the other question of informed consent generally, like- Oh,
3: completely, if, Tiffany. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that, uh, cause again, you know, like the viral videos are usually the shock and awe ones for me, right? You know, the predatory yeah. stuff, what parents are doing, the selling images and things like this. But for me personally, The number one thing for me has always been privacy and consent. You know, these kids didn't consent to be influencers. They have a right to have privacy in their life. You know, some kids are waking up with a phone in their face and having it uploaded to social media before they even have breakfast. Right. Right? The number one has always been privacy and consent.
1: It's wild to me that we've only recently started to see a a proper backlash of things like family vlogging because there was a while there on YouTube where it was just very much the norm. Um, And it seemed like there was plenty of family vloggers in all kind of different shapes and sizes. And I remember watching and thinking, God, this is a bit weird actually. And am I missing something? What am I missing here? And when I was working sort of in advertising and working with um like digital marketing and stuff a lot of the brands that we work with wanted to work with families and I was I was always sort of slightly uncomfortable about the notion of it whenever we would have to kind of set up these huge brand deals and it just it it always gave me the ick and it seemed like for most people they were sort of like yeah it's sort of oh yeah it's a bit weird I wouldn't do it but you know whatever and now it seems like the the tide has really turned like some Mm -hmm. of the behemoths of the day have um yeah I mean they've just started to have a huge backlash I mean we talked about the Saccone Jolie's recently and they were at the for a while the sort of top of the tree in my country (laughs) Um, yes and now they've had a a pretty huge public downfall Mm -hmm. um do you think that I mean, I think you, you TikToked about this. Um, I think you stitched a Brittany Broski video, but do you think that in the next few years, family vlogging will just become taboo? I,
3: I hope, I really, really hope so. Um, I, I, I have always thought that social media seems to be going in the direction that we're going to like reach a peak and then be like, whoa, we let this go too far. Like, The family vlogging, the child exploitation, all our kids, and then kind of regress from there. Um, That's my hope. I hope this currently is the tipping point and everyone can take a step back and really reflect on what we're allowing and the content we're consuming. You know, it's one thing to like talk about this stuff and I'm not going to show my kid and all that, but like also reflect on what we're consuming right? Like I can say all this stuff, but if I'm consuming all these kid accounts and images of kids and things like that, I'm still part of the machine.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, here's a question for you. It's quite, I mean, it's really heavy, dark subject matter. And I'm sure you get tagged in stuff all the time. How do you, how do you maintain a sense of kind of grounding throughout that? Like how do you protect yourself mentally and how do you, um, I guess ensure that it doesn't bleed too heavily into like the joyful times that you have with your family because I'm sure it must weigh on your mind a little bit.
3: Um, Yeah, I I have really like strict um, phone regulations for myself in regard to like when I allow myself to be on TikTok and when I'm present when my kids are here. Like all morning, um, I was with my son. I rarely pick up my phone. I really focus on always being present with my children, number one. And in regard to like the heaviness, um, it can be a lot. But honestly, when you are so mad about something, and when you feel like no one is talking about it, and no one is um, fighting for these kids and fighting to say how weird and worrisome and scary and bizarre this is, you feel impassioned to continue. Right. Right. Like, I'm just so upset at all of this that I just want to keep talking because I see I do see a change. You know, some people come at me and they're like, well, are you, you know, at the courthouse doing legislation and things like that? And I'm like, not currently, but the amount of parents I have had message me and say that I have changed their perspective on how they share. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like my voice is needed. And so I protect myself by making sure that I'm only on my phone and in this realm, um, a certain amount of time each day. And if I need to take a break, if I've had a heavy day or I've had backlash on a video or I've seen something which I wish I could erase from my memory, I take the time I need, right? Because I'm not going to be helpful to my community and sharing this message if I'm emotionally depleted in all of this.
2: Yeah. What do you do, or have you? I mean, I guess maybe a better question is have you had any concerns about your safety in sharing this? Um, I feel like some some people, I have seen that sort of feedback of like, y- even though you're doing all of this, the most of anyone I follow on TikTok anyway, um, you know, you're not doing enough. Like, you're not, like, I don't know, physically driving to the police station. I don't, people are very delusional. I, yeah. I don't know. You've noticed that.
3: Um,
2: (laughs) But I I have wondered a little bit if it's because, like, you know, you also need to protect yourself in doing this. Yes, of course. I was um,
3: at the beginning of the year, I was uh, publicly threatened by um, an influencer's mother uh, who came at me, and I received some um, interesting emails and messages when that situation was going on. And that was very jarring to be like, uh, threatened in that way in a personal and public forum. Um, but after that, I, I've been okay. Like, yeah, you get the occasional, um, criticism and things like that, but I do try and stay like relatively neutral and who I'm talking about and hiding identities. And I want it to be about the conversation as a whole, rather than coming off as an attack about a specific uh, person, which can result in some backlash. And that's kind of where things get a little worrisome and heated. Um, And I know, you know, my husband has, been concerned about that element. But right now, I'm in a relatively good place. And I don't receive a lot of that because I think my message is kind of starting to resonate.
1: I think so. I also think like, it's a credit to you that I, even though it clearly is something that you're very passionate about and there are times when you are heated I do feel that you come to the conversation with an element of care and kindness that is pretty hard to ignore Um, and the intent is always so good that I feel like that is such a it's such a positive influence on the conversation as opposed to this sort of finger pointing kind of very harsh sort of judgment on individuals it feels like hey can we just try and we're all trying to do something good here right like we don't want children to be exploited right like that's yeah
3: I I really appreciate that compliment because that's exactly what I'm trying to do now don't get me wrong have I called out a few people before yes of course I I've talked about a few specific creators and a few specific situations and I will continue. Cause as you know, trending people get talked about. Right. Um, but I don't want to be associated as a call out account. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, there is ample content for me to call out people specifically. Um, but I don't have that in me. Like I can't handle, that type of um, creation—that's just not for me. So I'm really particular, and if I am calling out a certain creator or a certain piece of content, that um, I think long and hard about what uh, w- what will be coming back at me, right? know how it'll it will be received.
1: Yeah.
2: One thing I've noticed as these—I'm sure you've heard that these like sort of snark accounts have popped up on Reddit where different. Moms and kids are being talked about. Have you heard of this at all? Yeah. So I've been tagged. um, Like I'll get like emails, like check out this thread, or have you
3: looked at this Reddit thread? And um, when it first started happening, I'm not on Reddit. Like I've never been a big Reddit person. Uh, When I used to scroll Reddit, it was all kind of TikTok. So another reason (laughs) to go to TikTok. But I went over a couple weeks back and immediately was, that was an immediate no for me because I talk about this aspect. I talk about the concept of Sherrington, child exploitation, and child safety on social media and things like that. That is the parenting topic that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in bashing another mom or another parent in every aspect of <laughs> their life and what they're sharing online. That's not that's not for me. So I and then I got some backlash from my supporters because they're like, well, Reddit loves you and people post your things over there to state like why people shouldn't be exploiting their children. And so then I was like, well I didn't know uh, I didn't know my videos were being posted over there, but I stand by my statement that no individual should have a whole community where people goes to talk shit on them.
2: No, I that's kind of what I was getting at because I, you know, obviously through finding you and then my FYP suggesting other people that talk about family accounts, etc. I, you know, found out about the, the Reddit account, and it feels like a lot of the people that are speaking out about one individual or two individuals in particular, they, it's unclear what their message is because it seems like they're m- more snarking on like parenting choices and yeah. specific things that are kind of just you know, if you just took the camera away, which is the problem, it wouldn't really matter. Most people. Everyone raises their kids differently. It just happens that you have a window into that sort of dynamic there. And I was wondering for those people who really want to stay away from the sort of whether or not they should be calling CPS because this mom has a dirty carpet type people, how to stay, steer away from like that type of thing and focus more on just trying to end or at least curb the problem of child exploitation online?
3: Yeah, I think like the more conversations we have and the more people are talking about this stuff right now, that helps. Um, it, being mindful of who you are following, like if less people follow these people and they start to not make the money and have the following and the influence that they currently have, that's going to affect them. Um, If you see things online that are really triggering in regard to uh, exploitation of children, you report them on, you know, the cyber tip lines online and things like this. And that's kind of where we are right now, right? I also firmly believe that I speak of these things on my little corner of the internet on my little page. And I stay there and let people come to me and they can see my content. I'm not going around messaging all these bloggers and influencers on their page and attacking them and calling them, you know, child exploiters and things like that. You're never going to get your message heard if you if these people feel attacked, right? Absolutely. And, and so staying kind of in your corner and if more people... Um, you know, talk about what I'm talking about on their pages, and the message uh, continues to grow and evolve. That's kind of how I think this will all change.
2: Yeah, I wish that there was a more, currently, a more focused type of place to report these things to each other, to people who care and people who are tracking this. I hope that that's something that happens soon. Yeah, there's nothing
3: other than like the cyber tip lines and that's for like, you know, uh, children who are being exploited and abused and things like that. Um, that's kind of people's best, best option at the moment. Um, I don't really have a good answer other than that.
1: I also think it could become a bit of a lightning rod for, I mean, if there was a curated place on the internet where people were popping in, Links to things that they thought were problematic. It could also be that could also be ripe for exploitation because if you're looking for places where children could be exploited, then there you go. Here's a curated list.
2: That's, that's true. That's that's a good point, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: and that's why I try really hard to because I I always get the um, message like, well, why do you hide faces? Why are you hiding? You know, this creep's username and things like that. First is because I will get ba- I will get a ban. For bullying or harassment, if I expose the name of a predator, that that has happened to me before, and when it comes to the children and hiding their names, obviously I'm going to hide the children's names and their images, but I also have to hide their lists and other people's because you know once you start clicking, if a predator's list is open, well now he's following thousands more young girls, right? I'm not going to give any creep who happens to scroll, you know, my page and stuff, more access to children. You know, I really try hard to talk about the situation and the subject while hiding identities. And um, I think that's very important when you're talking about these things, because to your point, Tiffany, you I I don't want people going to my page and being like, oh, this girl talks about predators and we can go find all the people that, you know, we should be following. Mm. Right.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like handing somebody a roadmap of uh, Exactly. Yeah, where to exactly. Find season, yeah. But it's funny, I mean, I would I was just thinking about it and I was thinking about like what is the knock on like the halo, like the mom uncharted effect. And I was actually with um some friends of mine who've got kids and we were doing like a really we we're doing a really sweet sort of butterfly release party in the garden and it was so gorgeous. And I of course I wanted to film it and and it was just so sweet. And then afterwards I remember having this thought of like Okay, well, if I'm going to post this, maybe I should ask the parents first because because it's not that you know whatever it's not my children. Then I was like, well, should I? I don't really want to show the kids because that's not my. They're not um, consenting to that either, really. I shouldn't really show their faces. And it occurred to me that there probably would have been a time where I hadn't even considered that, where I would have just been like, oh, it's a really sweet video, but I'm like, but it's not my it's not my place to share to God knows who. Um, so yeah, I mean, the halo effect, you're doing it, Sarah. I love it.
3: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that because that's kind of what I feel like. Cause, um, you know, I had talked about this previously, the commenter saying, well, you know, what legislation are you working with your government and stuff like that? And I'm like, I'm not there yet. I just want to change people's perspective. I want people to offer a different, opinion and share some information and some articles and some education to have people think differently about all of this. And Mm -hmm. if I can change people's minds individually, then it will work towards a collective and then it will work towards larger chain. But I'm okay right now, starting with the grassroots of having so many parents contact me and say, You have changed my perspective on all of this, you know? Mm. And I have to say, I have a lot of support from um, the younger generation, as well as individuals who don't have kids, because I never realized how bizarre they all thought it was too, right? Yeah. And it's It's great to see so many people get it and be aware, right? From all different facets, people are looking at this and saying like, ooh, that this doesn't feel right. I don't think this is okay.
2: I really appreciate what you do. I feel like you've you've really done something amazing, and that you continue to do something amazing on your TikTok. I think it's like a, a great resource, and everyone should check it out. I do know that we have to wrap up in a sec because it's our time is almost up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, ladies. I have another, I have another call to jump on. I could literally just talk to you all day though.
2: But real quick, if you can, because we, uh, have a lot of moms who listen to the show. Is there like a a top five list of things that they should just not be posting of their kids online?
3: Um, you know, it always goes to like, you know, nude and semi-nude things, uh, bath time potty time, uh, intimate moments, uh, medical information, uh, anything that's really like personal identifiable, you know, schools, full names, full birthdays, cities, you know, because another whole aspect is fraud, identity theft, um, to all of this. And so those would be kind of like my top things and go private go private. Kids don't need to be posted publicly online for the consumption of strangers. And if you have them in private mode, make sure you know who is following you because um, the majority, you know, over 90% of children who are abused, it happens from somebody they know. So make sure if you are in private mode that you know the people following. Do you know... you know, get rid of the guy that you went to college with and met at a party back in like 04 and things like that. Curate your private list so you feel very comfortable with who you are sharing with.
1: Great.
2: Great tips. Um, Okay. So Sarah, people can find you at mom period uncharted on TikTok. Is there anywhere else that you want people to find you or that you'd like to share? Nope. Not right now, ladies. I'm just there. That's all I have the mental capacity for. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. Thank Thank you. you. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. Take care. When the cameras stop rolling.
2: Cut!
0: Now your clients are calling cut. Only I call cut. That's a cut.
3: The real terror begins.
2: Don't be embarrassed about being scared. We're in a very scary situation. Go up yourself. I
1: I love love Lucifer. You can't write that shit. Listen to I Love Lucifer wherever you get your podcasts.